You are listening to Odopemsu Eskwewa, Kitsi Kitsi Kuk, Metis in Space, and we are your hosts, Molly Sway, Nitsiaka San, Otuskwenik Nitotsen, Chelsea Val Nitsiaka San, Mantusakaignit Nitotsen. So we have a very special edition of Metis in Space for you this fine evening or morning or afternoon or twilight. Or whenever you're listening. Whenever you're to listening. It. Yeah. It, that, it is what it is. It's the time that you're listening to it is when we're doing it. That's that's just how advanced we are. Yeah, and whatever whatever time it is, it's still special. There you go. It's the specialist. It will always be special. So it's Otpemsu Eskwewak Kitsigisgok Comic Conic. Yeah, this is our special Comic-Con episode that we were tweeting about, getting really excited about, hyped about, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Comic-Con, we're going to do a retrospective now that we've had a little bit of time to digest fully, um, and all that jazz. And it's definitely an experience that needs some time to digest and also recover from. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we have a couple shout-outs. Our first shout-out is to our brand new DJ, you may have noticed our new music. It's it's not so much new as special, so you're just gonna hear it this right. time, maybe. Uh, although it's like pretty awesome, and so the uh, the DJ for that was uh, Usawa Nigiksis. So yeah, thank you for thank the awesome you so music. Much. It's so space. It's very space. So Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. And our second shout out is to our very wonderful anonymous benefactor who essentially covered a lot of our costs for this Comic Con. It's not it's not cheap to go to and it's not cheap to put together costumes and get all that uh, together. So, you know, part of those costs went towards our admission. Part of those costs went towards uh, getting us a recorder, a little digital recorder, so we were able to do those interviews and we're hoping to use it again in the future. So a big, giant I.I. Yeah, uh, to anonymous benefactor. That was awesome. Yeah, we we really like we we sort of you know hesitantly put out the word, hey guys, we're going to Comic Con. If you want to like help us out, but we didn't like rep it too much because we you know <laughs> it felt kind of weird, it right? Kind of weird. Yeah, but yeah. but somebody stepped up, you know, and that was awesome. And they don't want to be named. Um, because I don't know, they they made it clear that it's not because they're ashamed of us, just that they're <laughs> shy. <laughs> okay, it's, it's that famous Indian modesty. There you go. It's so much yeah, about. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the that's the humility right there. Yeah. So uh, for for our longtime listeners, this is the uh, the part of the show where we sort of explain what we're going to do. Uh, but you know, things are changed. This is a special episode, so it's going to be a little bit different. Um, we are going to uh, basically. I mean, we'll we'll blather a bunch right after this uh but we we did a bunch of really cool interviews and uh and so the sound is going to be sort of wonky because you know comic-con was just huge like i don't even want to talk about it yet but it was just massive and there was so much background noise i think the recorder that we got was actually was pretty excellent Mm -hmm. but you're going to hear a lot of that background noise yeah we'll we'll do what we can on this end to try to minimize that for y'all but it's just going to happen yeah yeah and then in between you know we kind of want to discuss uh some of the the interviews that we had you know so so that sound is going to be up and down it's going to sound studio fresh 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 like it does right now and then it's going to sound not so studio fresh yeah, but and it's always going to be intermixed with the crackling of our costumes yeah and once you hear about what our costumes actually were you'll you'll get why that is a thing exactly um so i mean 
the Comic-Con was like very, very interesting on a lot of levels. And I think that what Chelsea and I came out of it with uh, was we had a lot of thoughts on like, what does it mean to be an indigenous person at an event like this? where so much of, you know, like what the show has taught us is that like indigenous people are very, very present in science fiction, in fantasy, in media. So we kind of went into Comic-Con with a certain set of expectations and some of those expectations were fulfilled and some of them weren't, uh, but it kind of left us with a lot of thoughts. Mm-hmm. So we'd really like to kind of intersperse you know, kind of what we were thinking on the ground uh, and what we recorded in terms of our interviews with kind of looking back on it. You know, yeah. what, what does this experience mean for us and then for, you know, also people going to Comic-Con in the future? And where can we take it? Because we have some ideas mm-hmm. about that, about how we can sort of maybe reclaim or make space at Comic-Con. So that's something definitely we'd like to discuss. Um, but first, I think we should totally describe our costumes because they were most oh, excellent. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. So uh, the costumes were a combination of, as you might say, the old and the new, Mm. the past and the future, tradition and... Modernity? Not... But tradition doesn't live in the past. No. Just tradition. Tradition We kept warm. We were were styling. We were very warm. We were incredibly... (laughs) It was too warm. So warm. Uh, And the reason that it was warm is uh, because we were wearing space blankets. Because we wanted to look very space, and what's more space than a space blanket? Mm. Literally nothing is more space than a no. space blanket. And literally nothing is more space than the layer of condensation on the inside of your space blanket after you've been wearing it for an hour in a packed convention hall. Oh, man. But, but, you know, we had just gotten out of deep space, which, as you may or may not know, is incredibly cold. Yes, zero degrees Kelvin, in fact. Right. So we absolutely needed something to keep us warm. And it took us a while to get our land legs and, and get used to the gravity again. Um so you know all that to say we sweat a lot um but yeah okay so what we basically did is you know you walk a fine line with this sort of thing okay let's just be real for a moment um you know we wanted to identify ourselves as as indigenous people and so we wanted to sort of you know use a little bit of our regalia um but do it in a sort of a campy space way too to represent you know the the silliness with in our, in our hearts that we bring to this right because yeah. you have to have that humor um but you, you, you sort of run the risk of, of falling into stereotypes, right? Yeah. Um, so I think we avoided that. You know, we didn't, we, didn't go, we didn't go too native, right? We didn't go too cheesy. So we sort of incorporated elements like, you know, we had the, we had the space ponchos basically with the, with the Métis sash. Um, I had on some, some banging mucklucks, some Manitoba mucklucks. Yeah. Um, I had on a really beautiful... Uh, kind of a West Coast print dress mm. uh, paired with some bright metallic tights. Yeah, she yeah she was repping at Zerza Gallery. Uh, the, if you've ever seen those beautiful things and coveted them, yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous yep. print dress. Mine. We also repped um, the Soft Museum, which yes. uh, if if you know anything about like Beyond Buckskin, um, Soft Museum does these great like hamabead creations. So I had like I had these like you know hamabead feather earrings, and, and we were both sporting like these hamabead medallions, medallions, which like looked incredibly space. Yeah, they, they were really they space. looked like they were made for something like this almost. They were they were absolutely perfect. I know. And Actually got a lot of compliments on mine. I don't know about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were definitely eye catching and very like based on traditional uh, patterns and everything, but yeah. but very you know very space. Yeah, uh, and I I was also repping some really big powwow earrings. Mm. Uh, I also had my hair in you know the, the two braids. Yeah, uh, she had to right because she beating. has the hair. So. Yeah, so I, I, that was that was interesting. Um, I also had to wear my costume out to an event right after I had to to take the bus directly to to a engagement that I had and I was complimented quite a bit 
uh, by a lot of people and um, somebody told me that I really should dress traditionally more often because I looked great. <laughs> And I really didn't know what to say to that. <laughs> did you still have the space blanket on? Or? I did not. I oh, didn't. Okay. Yeah. No, I, the, right. it got a little bit hot. That was such a mishmash well. though, right? Well, I mean, that, that was yeah. the thing that got That's me. Hilarious. And it, yeah. I was like, cause that was some West coast style with some Métis style with some like, yeah. cause I, 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 I gave her these things to put in her braids. They're basically like little kid powwow regalia, right? So they're really small yeah. braid ties. Yeah. So it was, it was <laughs> You yeah, should dress more tradition. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Definitely, like a non-native person said that to me. That's uh, too funny, but that kind of shows like, you what people. Thank you. Yeah, I, think. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I put on like uh, the you know back in the day uh, when our women used to get facial tattoos. I've I've always been sort of interested in that style, but you know I don't I don't want to just. I don't want to just go anywhere and get something like that. And there's all sorts of protocol involved, but, uh, but I let myself, you know, draw those on, draw on some traditional, you know, Cree women tattoos. And I, I felt really fierce and people were just like, Whoa, yeah, people, you know, people were digging it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was fun to be really over the top indigenous. Yeah. And, and yet the weirdest thing about it is I don't think that most people recognized any of the symbols or any of the regalia or anything. There was like that one chick we talked to, the Nirvana chick. Yeah, Yeah. who knew? But everybody else was just like, you know, it was just, it was just noise to them, you know, background noise. They didn't. Well, it was interesting too, because I feel like we, like the space elements or like the futuristic elements of our costume got a lot more attention. We Mm -hmm. had somebody like call us out as space robots. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because I think we were trying to go for kind of like one of those 50s, you know, sci-fi space sort of looks, you know, yeah. Yeah. Really you with cheesy the robot, the silver, the silver leggings. And I yeah, had on like fishnets, the, yeah. the glow stick bracelets oh, yeah. and the glow stick tiaras and yeah, you know, the, the full deal. So it was really interesting how, you know, even though, you know, as indigenous peoples, a lot of the things that we wear are still, we still wear them, mm-hmm. you know, but it was, it was the, the, you know, 60, almost 65 year old, 70 year old, you know, sci-fi elements that people that people really recognized. Yeah. Um, so I guess, weird. yeah, that's also all to say that if you decide that you want to wear a space blanket to Comic-Con, expect to be hot yeah. and expect to not even be able to hear yourself think because it's <laughs> crackling so damn much anytime you move. Oh my God. Yeah. So you'll hear that. You'll definitely hear that. You'll be like, wow, yeah. is that like cameras flashing? Cause at first when I heard it, uh, when we were playing back these interviews, I'm like, cause there were a lot of cameras flashing, right? Not, not of us. Sometimes, let, of us. sometimes of us, but, but mostly, you know, but no, it was the crinkling of our space yeah. <laughs> uniforms. Yeah. You can, it's kind of like if somebody were to just eat a bowl of cereal right <laughs> near the mic or well, something, look, it's, we didn't get, we didn't get eaten by bears. I'm, you know, I'm you know, just saying this, this is going to be the only episode of the show. I can almost guarantee it where there's no bears, no bears, not even one bear. Sorry, Makwa. Except it, I guess now there's kind of bears. We well, we've introduced bears. bears. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. There's bears. All right. So uh, I think that it is time now to introduce the editing wine, which is not to oh, be confused yes. with the Comic Con wine. That's right. This is a two wine podcast. Lucky you. Lucky us. <laughs> so uh, this evening we have the Matu Cabernet Sauvignon, Sauvignon Carmenere from Valle Centrale. It is a wine of Chile, our favorite um, wine region. And it's brought to you by the Baron Philip de Rothschild. So straight from the cellars of nobility, I can only imagine. And once again, 
The description is in French, and I'll give it a shot. Uh, Mapuche signifie terre dans la langue des Mapuches, peuple original du Chile. Selon leur croyance, les Mapuches, littéralement, gens de, gens de la terre, représentaient le monde sous une forme carrée. Sur cette figure géométrique sont représentés des outils traditionnels utilisés par les Mapuches pour travailler leur terre bienfaitrice. Issu de l'assemblage d'un cépage bordelais, le Cabernet Sauvignon, et d'un cépage typiquement chilien, uh, le Carmenère se vient associer le savoir-faire de Baron Philip de Rothschild et la richesse du terroir chilien. Fruité, ronde, aux arômes des petits fruits noirs légèrement épicés, il peut être dégusté dès à présent à une température de 15 degrés Celsius. So it gives you basically all the information you could ever want, plus a little bit of indigenous flavor thrown in there. It's a very, very good wine. It goes down real easy. Yeah. Shout out to... A little uh, too easy, maybe. Shout out to that Mapuche region, which I'm sure benefits in no way from this wine. Yes. And shout out also to the Baron Philip de Rothschild, who I'm sure... Just Isn't that like a smoke magnet? Like... Isn't there like Rothschild cigarettes? I seem to recall smoking. I don't that. know. I just I just imagine like Back the, the Baron smoke, man. sitting in some kind of weird dystopian throne ruling over a feudal wine region. You so know? like Baron Harkonnen, but like yeah, absolutely. He probably has one of those little like jet suits that lets him right. float around. It's like massively yeah, fat and just doctor like poking into his skin. Pustules. Ew. Yeah, Ew. that's that that makes this a little less enjoyable. I mean, but maybe Sting's there too. Maybe Sting walks out of the steam bath, like, basically naked in Chile. You might have made that better. All right, cheers. Yeah, anyway. Cheers to editing, Ooh. which we haven't done any of yet, by the way. <laughs> it's fine. We probably won't do any anyway. <laughs> okay, so uh, do you want to introduce our, our first little bit of uh, interviews here? Yeah, so... Um, or, or let's, like, talk about just what it was like to walk in there. God, yeah. It's... If you've never been to Comic-Con, and the thing with, with Montreal, too, is Montreal has one of the biggest Comic-Cons out there. It's... It's a huge deal, and we we kind of walked in there with a lot of big dreams. Yeah, well, we're know? just like two two small town girls, you know, living in a lonely world. And and like I said, you know, we've been up in space, very isolated for a while, and really just we're not prepared to just be thrust into this sea of humanity. Yeah, it was it was really intense. We we had some goals. Um, I think we fulfilled some of them, and we definitely didn't fulfill others. And a big part of that is just. There was just a lot of people, and in order to do anything, it took about six times longer than you thought it would to even yeah. get places. And then, you know, they had a lot of really amazing special guests who um, I think we were both really looking forward to, you know, engaging with in some mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the the main cast of Star Trek The Next Generation, yeah. and, you know, the folks from Arrow, which is a show that I've been watching, which is really funny. Um you yeah, know, like Patrick Stewart was there, who. man. Yeah, Patrick, Patrick Stewart, Michael Dorn. Oh. Uh, like, if you've but ever talked lineup? to me about Star Trek, oh. Michael Dorn is my absolute yeah. hero. Um, but, you know, it's, we didn't end up uh, getting to talk to any of the big-name folks. We were going to bring them up to our ship. Like, but yeah. That was my plan, is we were going to gather together this amazing cast and crew of various, you know, seminal shows. I said seminal. And then uh, and, and then basically we were going to have like a huge discussion up in our ship about uh, sci-fi and indigeneity. And that mm. was totally my plan. But yeah. we, we get up there to like the fifth floor, third floor. I don't know. There were so many floors. And we could hardly get through the, the line of people. The line was like... Like hundreds kilometers. of kilometers long. <laughs> it 
just like snaked throughout the entire building. Yeah, we were never going to see to the point that you didn't even know guys. what the line was for anymore. People were probably standing in line thinking that they were going to one thing, but ended up somewhere that they had not expected. Yeah. yeah. So, all that to say, we we did our best. We did our best. Um, but kind of what we what we did get and like the inspiration and the revelations that we had during comic con were, were pretty intense. Um, and so that's part of what we'd like to share with you this mm-hmm. evening. Uh, so we, we started at comic con, um, and we walked, we walked into where all the vendors were looking for, you know, some kind of indigenous content, um, indigenous peoples, maybe dressed up, maybe not dressed up, um, or people working, you know, on you know projects that had to do with indigeneity and we thought that we would find a lot tons yeah i mean this place was huge right there were so many vendors there like i'm not i don't think we actually made it through the entire vendor area we just got too exhausted yeah so yeah we first of all i mean we walk in there and it was just a little bit of sensory overload we had we'd made these plans but we just got there and it was sort of like the the incredible noise and the press of people wiped everything from our brains we we were just sort of staggering and i think it would would have been really easy at that point to just sort of be like to to lose ourselves in the crowd and and disappear forever like literally forever yeah we would just yeah. we would still Become be wandering the masses yeah um but anyway, so, but we managed to gather ourselves and we managed to find a relatively quiet corner, uh, so, to try to introduce everybody to mm-hmm. Comic-Con. We're here at Montreal Comic-Con. We are, uh, chilling out on some couches here. It's a deeply overstimulating experience. Yeah, we've been in deep space for a long time and right now we are, you know, just in the flesh. Just all of these people pressing around us with their awesome costumes. We're a little little overwhelmed. Yeah, we we were trying to find some kind of indigenous content or costuming or even indigenous people. Uh, but it seems like maybe, you know, the unicorn myth is true here at Comic-Con today. Oh, big announcement being made. Uh, but yeah, I, I, this is sort of like a microcosm of the of the uh, the outside world, though, isn't it? Like we're we're struggling, we're cast adrift, we're looking for in, other indigenous people. We're really trying to signify to other indigenous people that we're here. Uh, will we find them? I don't know. Come with us on our journey through Comic Con yeah. to see if there's any indigenous content here at all besides us. Yeah. Stay tuned. Uh, also, we've been introducing ourselves to people as the world's most famous indigenous sci-fi podcast, which might sound a little, you know, a little bit arrogant of us, but I think it might be true, if only because we're we the are maybe ones. the only one. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, just feel lucky that we're here doing this for y'all. We're here We're here to represent indigenous sci-fi interests at Comic-Con today. That's right. We're, we're, taking, we're taking the blows. We're, we're dealing with all the stress here so that we can, we can bring something of value back to you, our listeners. Yep. We even brought our wine we did yeah i yeah. don't know how we're gonna break that out in here but uh oh don't worry i i got it well by butts over here there's like wow there's like just really amazing butts here wow okay focus anyway yes overstimulation too many butts so many butts we're we're really wow. you know it's it's rough for us but you know we're doing this for y'all yeah so yeah great <laughs> So yeah, we were kind of feeling like strangers in a strange land there. Yeah, it was intense. And like I said, lots of butts. The costumes were just incredible. Obviously people... Out, out of control. Yeah, like, I mean, you know this about Comic-Con, right? Is people put some serious time and effort 
into this but but like you know any one of these really elaborate costumes you if you saw it anywhere else you would just be like wow look at that costume you could spend like you know hours just checking out the detail but here there were just so many amazing costumes so many so many butts hanging out oh like like, it was actually like we're not joking when we say butts yeah it was like butts it was like butts butts on butts on butts yeah it was like it was like a Nicki minaj video yeah with like but no twerking unfortunately so yeah but needless to say we're into it yeah um Oh, so, so yeah, I was yeah. going to say too, uh, you know, our, our amazing costumes, um, if you want, like, if you want more than our, our like oral tradition version of what we're wearing, you can check out some of the pictures that we posted on our Twitter and, uh, we'll be going up on our Métis in Space Facebook page as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we went as Métis in Space, right? Yeah. So the, like really we were by far the most accurate and detailed cosplay at Comic-Con because sure. we were cosplaying ourselves. And and only we know what we look like, right? So y'all, if you want to if you want to like dress like us next time, you know, please feel free, Cody. You were you were all over that. Like please go out there and uh, dress up as Métis in space. Or you know what? Dress up as your like your own nation in space if you're not Métis. You know, like we we're into all of that. Like if you're a Robo Ojibwe, yeah. Robo Ojibwe's, oh, we, yeah, we found out about you. Yeah, we, oh. we know all about you. We there's know more all, than one. Yeah. And we know there's more than one. Yeah, we know all about it. This, yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, Manaman season, Ojibwe grass season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing all the work that you guys are doing out there. Pretending that you're doing it all tradition. We know. We, we know, know you all got some skills, some yeah, tech skills some that you're hiding. Hover boats, out hover there. canoes, yeah. anyone? Out there in Lake of the Woods. Mm. We found out. We got the, we got the, we got the down low at Comic-Con. Yeah, we did. All right. So uh, what's next? We'll talk about. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So we we started our journey. Uh, we we gathered ourselves sitting on these random couches, uh, powered by by the mini butts that we saw passing us, mm. um, and inspired by them. We we pressed forward, looking for indigenous content, and what we found instead was clueless white guys. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was pretty. That was pretty you know demoralizing at first it was yeah we we were we were feeling a bit you know we had we had some questions that we wanted to ask some people you know like we're not professional interviewers but we thought we'd maybe be able to you know draw some some something out of out of folks because you know if our podcast is taught anything it's indigenous people are everywhere in science fiction yeah and yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. at comic-con you know you've got to everybody should have know. yeah everybody should have some story of some amazing indigenous trope or character that they've seen in sci-fi over the years right yeah so we so we looked around and we found we found two folks to start with um and out of desperation really because oh, yeah. like we were walking around for what felt like forever but was probably like 20 seconds and uh and 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 we came across a a vendor that had some uh t-shirts uh scary dude in in a headdress and we're like okay first native looking stuff let's let's go let's, talk to that let's guy do the thing yeah uh and the second guy that we found um actually you know wasn't directly w- referring to to any indigenous stuff at all but was instead wearing a hudson's bay sweater and and you we, know we were all we assumed that. that he was in costume yeah. Uh, so we so we interviewed both of those guys. So so here's what they had to say. So um, we we are space Métis. Uh, we live on our spaceship that orbits around the planet Earth. And so we were wondering if we brought you up to our indigenous spaceship, what do you think it would be like up there? Uh, 
um, I think it would be awesome. I, I don't know, I guess I could, you could have, probably have a nice view of the planet Earth and uh, see a bit about, uh, like, I know, tour around the, our, our solar system, I guess. Yeah, we'd love to do that kind of thing. Uh, so, if, uh, who's your favorite native character, whether it's sci-fi or, or in comic books, anything, any medium, anywhere? Um, I can think about that. I got I think I have to think about that. I don't know if I know any actually. That's fair enough. Yep. Yeah, sorry. No, no, we're, we're a rare breed. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Thanks for talking to us, yeah. Michael. No problem. So uh, we noticed you were wearing a, a very nice Hudson's Bay sweater, and uh, we're just wondering if, like, if you could give us like a really brief synopsis of the history of the Hudson's Bay in relation to Indigenous peoples in Canada. I have no idea. I'm sorry. Really? This is something I, I have no... I can't, I can't speak about it. So, you know the Hudson's Bay Company was like the first, one of the first corporations in Canada, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the, do you know anything about the fur trade at all? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we also studied in history that these pretty fur with the native people and stuff, uh, and they were really not too nice with them. Okay. That's about it. And so what, what attracted you to, to this particular sweater? Why did you get this sweater? Uh, actually, this one was my father, and he, keep, he kept it uh, all over the years, and we're about the same boat type, so just gave it to me one day, and he said, ah, this should fit you, and yeah, that was it. So it's an heirloom piece. Yeah. Nice. Interesting. All right, thank you. Uh, so we have, we have one other question for you, and that's who or what is your favorite indigenous character in any sort of sci-fi or any sort Anywhere. of media? I'd have to say, uh, does the, an, the airbender count? Yeah, yeah, I'd say the airbender, airbender yeah, counts. For sure. Yeah. So the airbender is kind of cool. Yeah, right. sweet. Good cool. answer. Okay. Sorry, and what was your name? Uh, I'm Xavier. Xavier? Yeah. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So yeah, you just heard from Michael and Xavier. Two credits to the human species. Yeah. My my favorite part was after we talked to Xavier, uh, the dude in the HBC uh, sweater. So we, we took pictures with everybody too to, to sort of tweet it up. And uh, so I was taking a picture with a guy and Molly's, you know, like we were getting some pictures there. And this, this other vendor uh, sort of, Usher, you know, he's like, hey, 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 who was that? <laughs> <laughs> like he's some like secretly like, famous guy, right? That, like, right. Only we've recognized. Yeah, yeah. I, and I kind of like, wanted to like mess with him, but we're like, nah, he's nobody. Like, yeah, he's just. We just thought he was in costume. Yeah. He's not. We're and we're nobody either. Yeah. Know? I mean, but we, we are the world's most famous and also only indigenous sci-fi podcast. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But that was that was that was great, and um, you know I, I felt a little bad because you know these guys definitely did feel put on the spot. You know we just literally just grabbed them out of the crowd and said, "Hey, can we ask you some questions?" And you know they weren't prepared for it. They didn't know the questions beforehand. They were you know, um, but you know they were good sports. They were both really good. Well, sports. you know what? Like Comic Con is really interesting for that because it does create an environment where your presence is very very public, and like mm. we experienced that. Yeah, you know, like people, you know, we probably got our picture taken. I don't know, 10, 12 times. Yeah, people just, hey, could I take Within a the picture? the course of like two hours. Yeah, who are you? Uh, you know, who are you cosplaying? And, you know, yeah, you, you start at conversations. It's sort of expected that you're just going to talk to people there. It was kind of, that was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah so, yeah, we, we just kind of pulled them out of the crowd. And we, like, we were honestly very much expecting that they would have answers. You know, like, yeah. even, if, even if the answers were, you know, who's your favorite indigenous character? We expected, you know, even if just everybody said Chakotay from Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. You know, or something like that. Um, and it's interesting that he said the airbender because, mm. you know, in Avatar, there are kind of like, 
you know, like pseudo indigenous characters are like, you know, indigenous character that, that they've made up for the show, but yeah. it's not the airbender. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, actually yeah. really the indigenous character. Right. But, but, but yeah, well, but maybe, we can I mean, give him that, you know, and, and, and like, I, I'm, you know, he's francophone. Maybe he's just like, he was just like, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to say the, the name of the show. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. But you know, there's, there's a guy there. He's selling a shirt with a scary looking dude in a headdress in it. Yeah. It had nothing and to say about it. Really couldn't. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, and he's at Comic-Con and he has no idea who's indigenous in sci-fi. Yeah. So, I mean, that's like, that was, that was the first bit of our experience. And, and after that, we're kind of like, <laughs> we're feeling a little isolated. Yeah. A little definitely. Al- alienated. Alienated. If indeed. you will. Yeah. yeah. I feel so lonely here. I don't see any other Nietzsche's and we've seen like what? One shirt with a, a headdress and a scary looking guy. That's it, man. Yeah. We are like so alone here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's isolating. Sci-fi, sci-fi can be isolating. Yeah. You know? So yeah, that's kind of where we were at. It was, it was a bit of a low point for us. We, you know, it's, it's can be awkward and, and hard to grab people that you don't know and ask them a bunch of questions that you know are likely to, to at least a little bit stump them. Um, but we'd had a couple of, you know, not necessarily flops, but, you know, we were starting to get a sense of, of what Comic-Con really was, you know, like what people's level of like knowledge and engagement was. Which is basically nil. I yeah. mean, really, like, you know, we've talked throughout we you know we do these reviews and and we've been discovering ourselves that there is a surprising amount of um indigenous content in a lot of sci-fi or and and, and i don't even want to really call it indigenous content it's more like you know the inclusion of certain indigenous tropes we're learning about those tropes um and, and so maybe even if if here we are indigenous people learning about these tropes sort of um coming at it and being like wow you know in every single episode there's like turning into animals and there's the flutes and stuff. I mean, we're just noticing this mm-hmm. um, and we're really looking and paying attention. So in the wider sphere, you know, among regular people, regular non-native people, I guess, you know, who aren't looking for that, why, why would it even come up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but then you're questioning, why are we even here? Why are we even at Comic-Con yeah. if, if there's, no, you know, not even going to have those discussions? But also like, it, it also comes down to like, how, how can this be so universal? You know, it's every single thing Every single, even like, you know, we talk about movies and we talk about TV shows and we, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's always at least, you know, like one episode or like one instance as well as like very, you know, like things like Avatar, for example, which is all about, you know, indigenous white relations, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can put it like that. Um, But how is it that, you know, nobody can, like that's not part of the public consciousness that, that links kind of the idea of indigeneity with two indigenous people standing before you explicitly saying that that's what they are. But that's, you know, but that's interesting because I, I, you know, I I think that's really analogous to the way that um, indigenous presence is sort of, it's, it's ubiquitous and invisible everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I think about back home, you've got, you've got all of these places that have Cree place names, Wetaskiwin, Kapasawin, you know, like uh, just so many different places that, that, that have actual just Cree names out there. Uh, but the people who living there or who are living there, that most of them don't even know that that's where it comes from. It's just, it's just a name. It doesn't mean anything. Right. 
And, and when you talk to those people and you're like, Hey, Wetaskiwin, you know, it's like where the peace was made. And you, you talk about that history a little bit. They're like, Whoa, they see, they see their home in a totally different place. And they see their presence in that, in that area completely differently. Um, but you have to have those sort of like relevations, Revel- revelations, revelations, revelations. Revel- you have, you have to have that like either through a conversation or, or through your own, uh, interest in the subject. And I, and I don't think that interest is really out there. Mm, no, um, I mean, it definitely like it, it to, like there are some points that I felt like we were inserting ourselves into, to a very hostile space. Yeah. Like it, like it went beyond just like ignorance. Like they hadn't thought of it. It was like, they weren't they didn't want to think about it yeah they're like why are you why are you here asking this this is not for you and um, yeah that's that was it it was like it's almost like there there was this disconnect is like why are you dressed like that at comic-con at comic-con and then are also calling yourself indigenous and asking us about indigenous stuff which is why you know a big part of why for me like indigenous futurism is so important yeah 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 because like it, it all comes back to that we always have to be disappearing, we always have to be going extinct, or like we're already extinct, and so they don't have to think about us. Yeah, you know, and like that, you know, that's not to hate on like these two particular guys. Yeah, not at all. It's we, just the whole totally, the whole atmosphere. Yeah, we totally jumped on them, but it was it was very much the whole atmosphere, and we were we were feeling a little down. Uh, well, but before like the thing too is uh, you know. Not only are we always disappearing and and we can't exist in the future, but like just the fact that we weren't repping a show. You know, because there is no yeah. show to rep, yeah. right? That we, that we, but, but when Molly was started introducing us, you know, as, as like the, the most famous and, and, and only indigenous podcast that gave us some legitimacy. I think people were like, oh, oh, well, we haven't heard of you yet, but like, okay, that's cool. You know? So this is interesting to me too, because if we do create these spaces where, um, even if we're a really small niche, you know, and just the small little podcast, we're still uh, just the fact that we, the, that we exist talking about sci-fi. I think that, uh, that, that does create some space now, you know, we can go, and, and, and be like, yeah, we're, we're part of this podcast. We're part of this thing. And, and other people can, can sort of use that as their wedge in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so we, as we were wandering through, um, you know, we were, we were kind of at a, not necessarily a low point, but we were, we were feeling a little bit dissuaded. Like, what are we doing here? You know, are we going to find anything at all? And we turn the corner and there is somebody dressed as Jesus and not just Jesus, zombie Jesus. Zombie Jesus. He was so awesome. He was he, you know, uh, you know, blasphemy warning if you happen to be very Christian. Uh, you know, he's yeah. dressed in Jesus. He had a big, really gnarly looking crown of thorns, covered in blood. I think he had the the nail marks through yeah, his yeah. through his palms. The full deal. This is not tasteful. And no, it, it absolutely was not tasteful. Uh, obviously, we needed to talk to him about this, uh, and he. Actually, I I think that he was really what started turning Comic Con around was, for me. Zombie Jesus was my savior at Comic Con. <laughs> Save me, Zombie Jesus. <laughs> he was there. He's there, showing us the way in the light. Uh, so we're here with Zombie Jesus. Hi, Zombie Jesus. How's it going, my child? Uh, so, Zombie Jesus, we were wondering, um, what is your opinion on the ways in which uh, Christianity, your your religion, uh, was introduced to Indigenous peoples and the effects that it's had on us? I think it was terrible, actually. Uh, nobody should ever be forced to into a religion at all, especially when you already have your own and people have invaded you. Uh, obviously, that's not cool by any means, even by Jesus' standards. Uh, that's not the message that's supposed to be spread. It's not supposed to be a message of hatred, even though if you read the Bible, it's kind of all about hatred. But, you know, that's 
it's just kind of the way it goes. But yeah, I would say it's. I wouldn't say it's unfortunate. I say it's just blasphemously wrong that something like that happened. Yeah. So, Zombie Jesus, if you could say anything to the Jesuit missionaries who, you know, came onto our lands, you know, a few hundred years ago and, and started doing your your so-called good works, like what would you say to them? I'd say if they don't buy a T-shirt, then they're no purpose to me. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Zombie Jesus. Not a problem, my child. We love you, Zombie Jesus. Zombie Jesus, I would definitely buy a t-shirt. Yeah. If, if I you, had if any money. You run into Zombie Jesus. Be of use to ten, him. 10 out of 10, <laughs> do recommend buy a t-shirt, uh, you know, and enter enter into Zombie Jesus's congregation. He's great. Yeah. That was, that was, a uh, that was great. We really, really needed that. That was pretty intense. I think yeah. he, he, uh, he, he pretty clearly articulated some of the things that we feel so uh yeah bravo zombie jesus Thanks, zombie jesus it was also like it really he was just you know he didn't seem taken off guard at all no he was really like just came back he was ready like it, yeah. it almost sounds like he had you know he had planned the answer yeah which weird. like i'm sure he gets all sorts of like hilarious bizarre yeah you know questions from people but but no way anybody no went and asked way. him that before yeah, yeah so that that was that was like really good that's a great um, improv there yeah, so we, we were feeling a lot better after the interview with Zombie Jesus uh, and kind of feeling re-energized to walk around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, like, it goes to show that there's, you know, there's just... I wasn't expecting to run into a guy dressed as the risen Jesus. <laughs> you know, that's not that's not a thing I was expecting at Comic-Con. Yeah, who is willing to preach, like, you know, actual Christian ideals. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and diss the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and missionaries. Yeah, so that, you know, Comic-Con... Got to be ready for kind of anything. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of interesting people there. You know, like you, you got families, you got you, you got the geekiest of the geeks, the nerdiest of the nerds. Uh, you got all sorts of aware and not aware people. Like you just, yeah. I mean, no way of judging. Just, yeah, yeah. So, great. so at this point, we had kind of reached one far end of kind of the vendor area and it took us god i don't even know how long it must have taken us at least half an hour to get there so long we were being so polite too we weren't just shoving through yeah i mean i think the the massive crackling of our space blankets kind of helped clear a bit of a path make way make way yeah here cometh the astronauts it was it was really nice because we couldn't lose each other either we were wearing these big like glow stick antennae and like yeah. huge silver ponchos so. yeah when we took that off when we finally got too hot oh, we, god, we actually no did take them off were. yeah we got lost right away mm. so i mean that was definitely that was that was a bonus because yeah i think think i would have if if i had lost you i think i would have just curled up in the fetal position and wept myself hoarse no same yeah i probably would have just started screaming yeah yeah (laughs) until somebody came and led me away so we felt really energized after this yeah and so we made it to the back and uh kind of against the back wall was kind of the coolest part of comic-con in my opinion Mm. it it was like a whole bunch of different displays we had indiana jones we almost went and talked to indiana jones we wanted to talk to him repatriation of of, artifacts uh and then we felt that maybe we shouldn't um yeah they were and plus it wasn't i think a lot of these things operated by wanting donations and we were broke we as heck didn't have even really any change yeah i i like i like whipped out like a couple quarters later on yeah yeah <laughs> so, we, so we made our way across out. we we you know there's you know there's people dressed up as the ghostbusters with the ghostbusters car the ghostbusters car i wanted to go in that so badly oh my god it was like if you're a nerd it was very cool and very fun but also too much too much it was so much like this is also you've got to remember with thousands and thousands of people pressing in around you like you can kind of hear it a little bit in the background but it's it's hard to 
to kind of relate the scale of the thing. Yeah, like you could if you if you needed to get out of there in a hurry because you had like screaming diarrhea or something. Like I'm sorry, but it would just spray everywhere because there's no way you could get to an exit quickly yeah, you'd, enough. You'd have to say that it was part of your costume. <laughs> you'd have to say that like it wasn't actually diarrhea. It was just something that looked and had smelled. the same consistency and smelled. And <laughs> this was all planned it's just really good science (laughs) (laughs) we just want to be super realistic yeah so So, yeah anyway (laughs) yeah but it's like it's like going to an ice cream store that has like 900 different ice cream flavors yeah you you only have like a dollar yeah and but you but but it takes forever at that point to choose you know and that's how this felt is there were so many amazing cool things that normally if i was just offered like three flavors i'd be like well one of each obviously right but when it's like 900 different flavors you're just like meh you know yeah i'm gonna go home and have a bit of a nap and think about it (laughs) think about about my life choices yeah and thank god i didn't get screaming diarrhea yeah Because in the space yeah. blanket, to <laughs> like, don't even just like, did you imagine you. a space blanket diaper with, in this situation? <laughs> just, God, that would be just really bad. And if future. it froze when we went back up, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for tuning in. Um, yeah, so we we <laughs> should make our way to kind of the far corner where you know you have seen her Twitter or Facebook or literally everything else we were totally geeking out on later we took some pictures with Daleks mm-hmm. we had a Dalek voice from the sky call out to us yes. to come take pictures with and that's Daleks. why we chose that one because really I mean we wanted to do everything but this guy like was like calling out to us in in the the robotic voice like hey there are some he recognized us as astronauts as space creatures and we felt finally welcomed Mm -hmm. and recognized and acknowledged yeah so we so we got to do that which was great um and we've like we truly felt as geeky as we look in those photos in case you're wondering yes and we kind of launched ourselves out of there afterwards and we launched ourselves right into kind of the first and only but you know, also still as unwelcome as it as if it had been anywhere, kind of the very, very stereotypical sexy Indian princess. Oh trope. God. Yeah, that just like we came, came out, out of there nowhere. so we were so like pumped up and Super happy. Jazzed, yeah. And then boom, like like just face to face with just really trashy pictures of like this mostly naked chicken in the Ukima Astotin, the the war bonnet. And that, like that's the thing that got me too, <sighs> is because like you know like you know there are a lot of scantily clad people at Comic Con. You know like a yeah. lot of these costumes, especially like video game. We were kidding about the butts. Whatever, butts. Everywhere. There's lots of butts, and it's like pretty fine. You mm-hmm. know like people are just you know wandering around doing their thing, like posing for pics. You yeah. know like having a great time. They've clearly worked really hard on their costumes, and you know it's totally fine. And then you're kind of confronted with this, and it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks like a totally different vibe. And and, and it was weird because the, the, the model was there too. And we, we sort of like, we were kind of like, I wanted to launch myself in there and be like, Ugh. but then we were like, no, we don't want to deal with all of the bingo that she's going to play. And, and I thought it was interesting because there was this dad there and he like handed her his baby and was taking pictures with her and the baby or the wife was taking, it was like a weird, it was a weird dynamic scene. And yeah. the thing is, it's like, you know, she wasn't wearing pants, but like a lot of people weren't wearing pants. You know, we're not we're not saying this because like we have any issue with like ladies not wearing pants yeah, or please, like dressing ladies, up. You know, you, you don't need to wear pants. In fact, I'm 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 all for ladies not wearing pants. Like we often like, don't lady wear butt pants. Lady butt is great. We're not wearing pants right now. 
we anyway actually, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to know that it's fine uh but you know like it's it's a very very different vibe when it's it just like takes on that really really racist element yeah and you know like we we didn't we didn't confront and we didn't engage we didn't have the spiritual energy to deal with it like it's really that you know like every once in a while uh when that comes up you know shout out to dj indian who does this all the time yeah but like it, it's an exhausting thing to confront that stuff and and start to like deal with the ignorance that is behind it and just we weren't feeling it we were just no. not feeling it so I'm, I'm sorry i feel like we're sort of like apologizing for not confronting this woman and dealing with that situation but i just i, I we couldn't do it and i and i and i you know how many times do you does that happen right where you're just like i cannot deal with yes. this right now so yeah all right so we just finally saw some indigenous content but it was basically just uh I don't know, how would you describe it? Like indigenous softcore porn photo shoot prints? Yeah, with the, like, you know, and by indigenous, and like, fake, not, and, like, white woman, headdress, yeah. tattoos, yeah, we no didn't, pants on. We didn't really want to talk to her and hear about how she was, like, honoring us. I mean, maybe we should have given her a chance, but I feel like, I feel kind of worn out with that conversation. I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. No, I think people, people always justify shit to themselves, you yeah. know, so that they can keep doing that kind of thing. And, like, I don't know. I think it would have been funny if we had just stood there right beside the pictures for a while. Yeah. Just to be like fake natives. But that's the thing. Real is, natives. But that's the thing. It's like I think that we're, we're so absent from, from people's consciousness that uh, they would look at us and, and not understand the contrast. They wouldn't see us that's as native. True. That's like, true. I think that other Nietzsche's would see some of the things we're wearing and, and as signifiers. But among the people here, I think there's a lot of confusion. It's, it doesn't signify. But the, the headdress does. So yeah. If, and I bet you if we asked, if we did that, if we stood there and asked somebody, they'd be like, yeah, there's the native. Yeah. You know, the chicken, the ukuma, the food, right? Yeah, so that was the thing that happened. That was like our one piece of indigenous content. And then like the sun coming out after a storm, we, uh, we happened upon our first real indigenous content our first and only really indigenous content yeah, in was, all of comic-con yeah it was i think we literally just like turned the corner yeah. and we're really really bummed mm -hmm. and i think like let's you know let's talk about this a little bit and like i, I feel like i want to rep this really hard because like we we were feeling you know like frustrated mm -hmm. you know and we were feeling like once again alienated you know from this whole thing and we we you know we've talked a lot about kind of the the fact that we're we're simultaneously like ubiquitously present within science fiction but then always absent as you know like real people who exist and that's like really how we were feeling and then we kind of turn the corner and there's this you know like woman sitting behind you know a very plain kind of table you know just like by herself you know she didn't have any of the big backdrops she didn't have any huge figurines mm -hmm. she didn't have like a ton of stuff on sale she just had a stack of books a poster and then kind of a, a little spiral bound book and they all had comics on them and when we looked closely we realized that these people looked indigenous yeah and so we we walked up and we started talking to her and her name's hope nicholson and, and she recognized a lot of stuff she right away. Immediately yeah. recognized who we were. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, she like, like not knew. not like she didn't know about our podcast, but she like she she recognized the sashes and yeah, just all sorts of stuff immediately. And it was like, you know, uh, invisibility is is incredibly uh, draining. 
and just sort of recognition and presence for me, like is really invigorating. Like yeah. just that little bit of a conversation that we had was like, was like a double shot of espresso. Cause it was like, Oh, totally. oh yeah, we're here and people know who we are, you know? Yeah. And even beyond that, it's like, I felt like, you know, we had, we'd been trying to connect with people through interviews and like through talking to people and mm-hmm. approaching people, but there was always, you know, they always like, it felt like they were always a little bit defensive or and, they and they guilty never, about their yeah, lack of knowledge. They and never continued. Like they never, like they never took it and ran with it. Like I was kind of, well, zombie mm. Jesus did a little zombie bit. Zombie Jesus. Yeah. And that was really exciting. But, yeah. but everybody else that we talked to sort of like, they were like, Hmm, okay, thanks. And that's it. Right. Yeah. And you're like, Ugh. and like, we're, you know, at the end of the day, we're maybe going to be like a weird story that they tell about these yeah. awkward people at Comic-Con, you know, with hope, I feel like there was like a real, a real exchange that we had, you know, like it was just like, I just felt immediately like, Oh, a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, we made a friend. Yeah. I know. Right? I'm totally like looking forward to, uh, like sending you the link to this podcast and everything yeah. and geeking so, out later. Hope, so. hope if you're listening to this, hi. Yeah. You were awesome. You were great. Uh, so yeah, so like we, we really do, we want everybody to meet Hope and like hear about her work. And like, if you're interested, um, like we ended up getting, you know, one of, one of the books that she's involved in, in printing and we're really looking forward to reading it. And we're going to do a review of that. I think, I think that we, I think, that you know should what? be, I think we totally should. Cause I mean, there's, there's some issues with it. Like, uh, you know, just when it was printed, it was like printed during the Cold War, basically, or before that even. Yeah, like World like, War II, apparently, yeah, she fights second, Nazis. And, right. Yeah. So, so, you know, we can we can look at that later. But like, man, at that point, we were just so excited. It was it was definitely like a drink of cold water in the desert. Yeah. Yeah. So here's hope. We know how much I'm into like native sci-fi. Like a lot. That's awesome. We are also into that. Yes, that's what we do all the time. Yeah. So, so sorry. What was your name? Sorry, my name is Hope Nicholson. Cool. Could you tell us a little bit about what you were doing here at the Comic Con? Sure. I'm uh, reprinting 1940s Canadian comic books. uh, The first of which I reprinted last year with the help of my partner called Nelvana of the Northern Lights. Yeah. Who is Nelvana? Nelvana is actually the world's first major female superhero. She actually predates Wonder Woman by about three months, and she's an Inuit demigoddess that used the powers of the Northern Lights to fight Nazis and interdimensional invaders. I mean, I do that too. <laughs> well, so it, it's we just kind yeah. of like a, you know, like kind of a history of our peoples, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's that's incredible. Um, so if people want to, you know, pick this up, because this is actually some of the only content featuring, you know, actual indigenous people that we've seen at all Comic-Con. So if like, if listeners want to pick this up, how do they get in contact with you or like, yeah. what, what uh, goes on? Well, IDW will be publishing the next edition, so it'll be available in most comic book stores next month. If you want to buy directly right now, uh, you can go to nelvanacomics.com. And there's also another project I'm working on, another 1940s Canadian comic book called Brock Windsor. And it's about a doctor who uh, discovers this advanced uh, Aboriginal tribe in the middle of Lake of the Woods where they have ray guns and flying cars and are actually nine foot tall giants. Oh my god. This is awesome. We want, we want. Um, this, just, this just made everything better. This, yeah, this was, we just came from a table with kind of like soft pornographic images of like white ladies in headdresses yeah. and we were feeling Did a little bit downcast. No. We didn't, we decided not to engage. You yeah. should have just a little bit. staring at them angrily for a while. That's yeah. they got uncomfortable. Yeah, we, we, we turned the stoic onto them, but yeah. I don't think they noticed. But um, yeah, so I guess we have, we have one other question. Sure. So we are from a spaceship that orbits the planet Earth, the Métian spaceship, and if we brought you up to our indigenous spaceship, what do you think it would be like? Uh, um, 
a Métis spaceship. Well, I ho I'd hope there'd be some dancing. Uh, oh, definitely. definitely. Uh, some joke telling for sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe some baseball. Baseball? Yeah. Okay, well, I mean... Softball. Softball. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll take that into consideration. <laughs> yeah, we, hadn't, yeah. we hadn't necessarily, but, you know, yeah. our hollow deck is pretty big. There you probably go. play a solid game I of baseball in there. You could, uh, yeah. could get some good prizes for that. Yeah, totally. All right, well, thank you so much, Hope. That was awesome. Yeah, Tapway Hope. That was awesome, definitely. And, uh, yeah, beans have been spilled. And now that they have been spilled, they cannot be unspilled. Ojibwe's. We know all about your nine footness, your nine foot tallness, your what was it, hover cars and stuff. Yeah, you know what? Like hope, ray hope guns. Let us in on your flipping super sci-fi futurist societies in the land of the lakes. We know now. Yeah, and and you know what? That 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 word's going out. We're telling everybody now. You've been keeping this super super down low for too long. And, and just like going on talking about your monument and blah, 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 blah. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm, I'm just like super jealous, actually. How come you guys never shared that with us? Do yeah, you guys have like on. cyborg musquas out there? Come on. Like they probably do. Oh, man. And like nine foot tall. Like what are you going to do with that? Like I don't know. Like talk about climbing that like a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Robo jibways. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, like here on Mateen Space, like we're not really into like advertising a bunch of stuff for people that we think that you should get. Like that's not really our deal. But when it comes down to Hope and Navon like Nelvana mm -hmm. of the Northern Lights and all of this, we're gonna check it out. We are currently checking it out. Yeah. And if you are interested in kind of 1940s or like early Canadian comic strips that feature indigenous peoples, this could be a thing that you're interested in. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like we said, we have to, we have to look at it and, you know, uh, it's been brought to our attention that there might be some problematic stuff in there. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who illustrated it. Uh, you know, whatevs, but it, you know, I, I like the fact that, uh, that some of the people involved in the project are really aware of indigenous, uh, communities and, and, and like hope was, you know, uh, I, I actually bought a print of uh, like a sort of like a redone print of, of Nelvana of the North where she's dressed more appropriately for like Northern weather. Cause like in the comic book, she's sort of wearing this like bathing suit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, 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 She's like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tweet a picture of it. It's great. Cause she's like in the new version, she's riding a polar bear. Oh yeah. You know, like, I don't even care if that's not a, th that should be a thing, you know, in the future, indigenous futurisms, you know, why not? Inuk superhero, semi demigoddess riding a polar bear and using the power of the Northern lights. Why not reinterpret this, make it a little bit, you know, more authentic, put some inuktitut in there, get some like... Uh, you know, Inuit uh, people involved, and, and why yeah. not? There's got to be some, like you know, like if you're if you're Inuit and you're like doing some comic stuff, you know, check out Nirvana. Oh man, you know, you it know? just we just need so we need all hands on deck, man. We need all of our amazing, amazing artists. There are some just beautiful, beautiful graphic art artists out there who do comic books, who do fantastic Indigenous comic books. I was hoping to see some of that there, you know, oh, like totally. I was ex like, I was fully expecting because yeah. there's so many you know? artists there that are there to like, just, you know, sell prints and, and, and autograph stuff. Uh, but you know what, who's paying, you know, how are they getting there? How are they affording it? 
you know? No, I mean, and that's a good point. But at, like, I, my assumption was always that you know, Comic Con was going to bring them down because you know, Comic Con's expensive to attend. You know, yeah, there yeah. are people who pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go to all of the stuff at Comic Con, right? But I, but I assume the vendors all have to pay a, a, a steep fee as well just to be there. Like, I don't think they're you paying. Think? Like, you know, they're paying for some of the big personalities to come. Yeah. But I think a lot of these artists are are probably paying to be there. Um, and you know, can our artists afford that? Like, yeah. uh, you know, maybe we need to start. You know, making sure that they get to these things and get some of that, some of that oh, exposure. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Because you know what? Maybe my assumption was based on the fact that you know, like in academia, you know, Indigenous studies, Indigenous issues, and Indigenous scholars are really, really big right now. Yeah. You know, like we have, you know, we don't have much of a platform still, but you know, like you know, you can get funding to go to places. Yeah, and, like, but I don't get know many artists universities, too. right? But maybe, yeah, yeah maybe artists that hasn't have translated yeah. into the into the comic world or you know the artistic world yet. And so, like, yeah, it's up to you know, it might be up to us on this. Yeah, you know, or at least to like, you know, email Comic Con or you know, message Comic Con and ask and, them to get more. Yeah. But you know, or even like, you know, we've really been talking, I think, in Indian country a lot right now about alternate forms of funding because I, mm. I think you know we have a lot of moral uh, issues and, and objections to to some of these you know, sort of traditional funds coming from, you know, big extraction uh, resource companies, mostly like the, the oil fields, you know, you got Suncor funding and all that, corner, that kind of thing. So we're, we're sort of, we're looking for a way to not support that thing and yet, and, and, and yet not go broke. And who's going broke? Uh, it's our grassroots people who are doing like really on the ground work and it's our artists, right? Yeah. Like they're not getting those big grants because they're they're some of the people that are really just like, you know, I can't I can't take that money. And even the ones who do take the money just to like, you know, survive are feeling really conflicted about it and get attacked for it. So like this is where I think we need to step up and, and build new forms of funding and community where we're like, okay, you know what? We really want to see more indigenous content in sci-fi. We just want to see it. And we know for a fact that there are artists out there who are working on exactly that in in all sorts of different mediums. So let's support that. How can we do that? And and maybe you know that this is another. I think this is another obstacle to that. Is there's that 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 teaching of humility is really strong, and so people don't want to ask, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so people don't want to ask. So let's when we hear about somebody, when we know that this person really needs to be represented, let's let's not make them get to the point where they have to ask. Let's just offer. Let's yep. be like, you know what? It would be really awesome if you went to these huge conventions and got some exposure and repped us. Yeah. Like, why can't we do that? I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, we're through this podcast, we're learning so much about the way, the ways that indigenous people are portrayed in media and like specifically sci-fi mm-hmm. and specifically, you know, television and movies. But, you know, we're, we're everywhere and it's been so rare that we are the ones that are able to control that. Mm-hmm. Like how, how is it that we are portrayed in what ways, like what, what aspects of our, you know, our experiences and our cultures are, are out there for consumption, you know? And like, we're finally getting to a point where there, there are these people that we're able to find out through, you know, the internet and through word of mouth and mm-hmm. through all of these different things. Like, yeah, let's. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, like, we let's know seriously that, wrap we it. We know that you're out there. Like, yeah. Indigenous sci-fi fans, we know that you're out there, you yeah. know? like Oh, we've been hearing from you. Yeah. Right? Like, there's there's definitely, like, a community for us out there. Like, you know, Indian nerds. Like, let's do the thing. Let's do the thing. That's what, yeah. that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about doing the thing and talking about the thing and then doing some more of the thing. And yeah. Drinking some wine. Drinking some wine. And, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we were, we were feeling really, really jazzed up yep. about our conversation with Hope. So we're, we're wandering around. 
Comic-Con, at first we were really sort of uh, demoralized and, and, and worried and overwhelmed, but you know, the spirit has really come into this. Uh, the spirit is guiding us and bringing people into our path that are giving us really fantastic insights into the understanding of indigeneity uh, in a general sense and also related to sci-fi. So uh, I just want to let you guys know that like, as we progress through Comic-Con here, the spirit is with us, definitely. Uh yeah, so uh, essentially we just got incredibly exhausted uh, after a while and we retired to a quiet corner of the monstrous convention center in order to, you know, like sit down, get our, get our wits about us, drink a bit of wine mm. and, you know, like have, have some chats about, you know, what we, what we had experienced. And we saw this little girl who was like in this awesome costume and we totally asked her mom who was cool with it. We and we did a special version of uh, Ask Munio. Ask a instead of asking a white guy, we're like, hey, let's ask a little white girl. Yeah, nobody, because that was the thing is we were feeling a little bit expansive and we were feeling, you know, kind of like we we're we we're ready to analyze a lot of situations. And nobody asks little white girls their opinions. You yeah, know, nobody asks little girls ever. Yeah, what their opinions little girls are. never get their opinions asked. No, or, so know. we we thought, you know what, like, let's let's meet this this young woman and and figure out you know like what what her opinions are what her has her experience been at comic-con um because this is this is the new this is the generation right right this is this is my kids generation these are the ones who are gonna who are gonna sort of either make it or break it in terms of some of the stereotypes that exist out there so either she's gonna buck them or she's gonna she's gonna you know perpetuate them so yeah uh and her name was uh becky hazel cauliflower and she was from uh, Westmount in Montreal. Mm -hmm. uh, and Westmount, uh, if you don't know, is kind of the Anglophone, uh, kind of upper middle class and upper class bastion of Montreal. So, so we asked her uh, kind of about what, what Comic-Con had been like for her and what, what she had learned about indigenous people. Now it's time to ask Amuriao. So on, on this special Comic-Con segment of Ask Amuniao, we have, uh, we have this wonderful uh, little girl here who has agreed to participate in this interview. Um, her name is uh, Becky Hazel Cauliflower. And uh, Becky, so first of all, uh, you know, why are you here at Comic-Con? Well, I wanted to meet this guy named Patrick Stewart. I heard he's like here. Is he? Is that like true? Yeah, but I, I think you may have missed him. Oh, that's a shame. Um, so, you know, as, as a... How, how old are you, Becky? I'm like 10 years old. Okay, well, it, it's really great to meet you. Um, so, 10 years old, can you tell us a little bit about what you're learning about Indigenous peoples at school? Well, I heard that they're really lazy, they're snobs, and they like, get really fat easily, and they're like, weird. Wait, your teacher teaches you that? Uh, not all of that. Mostly, like, I learn it off the internet, like, Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, why don't we stick to what you actually learn at school? Like, have you, have you learned anything about, um, the history of Canada that includes Native people? Uh, no, not really. So, can you, can you tell us what you know about, uh, Canadians coming to Canada? Well, uh, there's this guy named Jacques and another one named Champlain like all the best people in the world like best people in the world all right what did they do they went on land killed a bunch of people and lived on it and they lived happily ever after that's why they're so awesome 
All right. Well, thank you very much, Becky Hazel Cauliflower. Yeah, Becky, uh, before we go, we just wanted to, we noticed that you're wearing a really nice costume. We were just wondering who, who you are. Deanna from Adventure Time. Oh. Like, ah. Thanks, Becky. Thanks, Becky. All right, so a big thanks to Becky Hazel Cauliflower, and I'm sure that Becky's Westmont mom would be horrified to hear that we actually gifted Becky with uh, an Indian name. Uh, so um, for Becky's uh, very astute comments on you know the nature of Indigenous people and who we are and uh, how we spend our time, uh, we have decided to gift Becky uh, with the name young woman who reads the comment sections becky uh you you obviously keep very very well informed um through the sun news comment sections <laughs> and so we hope that you you take take your name and, and use it wisely as you uh n navigate through the perils and wonders of the internet and get more of your education from those comment sections and remember becky uh as you grow, you can earn a new Indian name. Perhaps it will be one who is uh, embarrassed by her 10-year-old self. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, love to you. You, you were a sweetie. Uh, it's not really your fault. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah. So that was uh, more or less it. Oh, actually, though, we forgot to introduce our Comic-Con wine. Oh, yeah. yeah so How could we forget? This was, again, a two-bottle-of-wine uh, podcast. Yep. So double the fun for you and for us. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so as we as we kind of, like, wrap things up, um, you know, we, we settled in against a cold concrete wall with our sore feet uh, and love in our hearts um, to drink a little bit of wine. Dude, we're recording. Alright, uh, so I'd like to introduce the wine for today. Uh, the wine for today is our favorite uh, picante, cheap, decent wine. Not pinked. Yeah, not, not pinked. Although, you know what, let's just start calling it pinked because okay. I want to be pinked. I like the idea of being pinked. It sounds a little bit inappropriate, like, but so are we. Yeah. So that's fine. Let's do it. So um, we may or may not have snuck this in uh, a water bottle. Um, and if we were to have done such a thing, uh, we would be sitting down after walking around uh, the booth and with very sore feet, very sore space feet. We're not used to this gravity, right? Sitting here just drinking a little bit of wine to relax and, and possibly uh, go back and buy that amazing book with the Inuit uh, superhero. Yeah. I think I think we need to do it. Yeah, like Inuit superhero. And I'm definitely not going to buy anything Star Trek because that would make me way too happy. Oh, wait, are you putting this on tape so that you... So will be held yeah, accountable now, later? Yeah. This is your, your form of accountability? Yeah, if I start tweeting pictures of myself in like Star Trek uniform t-shirts or something, everybody will know that I lied. So now I can't do it. Oh man. Right? But I kind of think that you should get it because if, you know, like, we need more Métis Star Trek people. Nerds. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. many of us did we, did we see there, right? Like, none. None. Yeah, what's up with that? Where are you guys? Where is everybody? Are there, are there any Michis here? I haven't seen a single one. Yeah. But maybe all are on the down low. I saw one. Okay. You saw one. Apparently, apparently Chelsea's husband saw one. But I don't know. He, are you gonna trust him? I don't know. I, I don't know either. Yeah. Did. Maybe. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody knows for sure. So yeah. like, 
Nietzsche's, hit us up if you're at Comic-Con right now. Come on. Yeah, just like... Or come to the next come to next year's. Let's have, like, a Nietzsche block. Let's roll through. There we go. We should totally get, like, for next Comic-Con, we should, we should arrange to have, like, uh... What can we call it? Presence. Well, not just a Nietzsche presence, but, no, like, like, maybe, like, uh... I don't know. Like, wouldn't it be wicked just whip out the drums in the middle of Comic-Con? Oh, yeah, just, a, just like, a round dance? Comic-Con yeah. round dance? Just start, like, banging on those drums and, and maybe, like, with this sweet grass and... People would be freaking out, going, "What's going on?" We could decolonize Comic Con. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, let's plan that. Let's in plan in that. my mind, Patrick Stewart like hears about what's going on, and he's like really curious, and so then he runs out. Ooh. And yeah. then he like talks to us about it. Right, and and maybe there's some hugs involved. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Wouldn't you like? Do you think he'd let it let us rub his head for luck? Probably. Is that like inappropriate? I mean, he probably rubs his own head for luck. For sure. Yeah. Gets like, up in the morning. I'm Patrick Stewart and rubs his head for luck. Yeah, I'm gonna have a lucky day today. That's why he's such a great dude. There you go. That's why he's had such great luck. Oh, see, this is what could happen. The secret. See, this is why we came to Comic Con so that we could have revelations like this yes. while the sitting against a concrete us. wall drinking a well concealed bottle of wine. That's right. That's right. Wow. All right. So glad we did this. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so glad we did that. And yeah, so I hope, you know, you caught our call out. Nietzsche's. Where are you at? And Nietzsche's next Comic Con. Let's know, descend you, on mass. Yeah, if you're a sci fi fan, like, and it doesn't matter where you are, you know? Like, if you're in Calgary, go to the Calgary Comic Con. Edmonton, is there an Edmonton Comic Con? I, I assume there's a Comic Con everywhere, to be honest. I, okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure that that's the thing everywhere. Seminar? If you live in Seminar? <laughs> yeah, Seminar. Get at that Comic Con. If you're in, like, Fort St. John, or if you're in, like, Fort St. wherever, or like in three mile or four mile or a hundred mile or all the miles. Yeah, any mile you're at, get get to Comic Con. Even if Comic Con is just you on a Saturday night, you know, <laughs> just doors open, being like, hey, check out my my nerdy stuff. Yeah, you know? like my co- my comic book collection's here. I'd love to talk to everybody about it. That would be really cool. Also, I'm not wearing any pants. Okay, but put put on pants. No, unless okay. it's no, not, unless I, I disagree. Are, oh, you're, this okay. might be our first big disagreement. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm gonna say, don't put on pants. Don't put on pants, like at all, or is this like costume dependent, or is this just like, you know what? You, you like costumes are in the eye of the beholder. Probably. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. You know what? Yeah. There we go. Our first, yeah. our first disagreement, and you know, resolved easily. Yeah. Pants, pants versus no pants. You be the judge. I'm normally for no pants, but you know, not in all situations. And anyway, it's contextual. Yeah. You know what? Comic-Con, you choose your own adventure. Pants, choose your own adventure. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so yeah. So um, Chelsea, how do we decide to rate uh, or what we want our rating system yeah, to yeah. be for Comic-Con? Yeah. Okay. So we decided that we were going to rate uh, our Comic-Con experience out of crunchy space blankets. Uh, because that was such a present uh, issue. And uh, so the way it's going to work is uh, we're going to rate it from like one uh, crunchy space blanket, meaning like just awful, we would never ever go to Comic-Con again, and we're just we're just going to like drink until we can't think about it anymore. Five crunchy space blankets, meaning that was like the best thing ever, and if Comic-Con could be every day, that would still not be often enough. Enough Comic-Cons, yeah. yeah. So um, what do you think? Okay, honestly, I... I think I'm rating this a little bit high. I'm going to say that Comic-Con for me was three crunchy space blankets. So like an average number of crunchy space blankets. And I'm going to be perfectly honest. That's because I really do. I want more indigenous people to check out Comic-Cons and to come to Comic-Cons as like proudly and visibly indigenous as possible because I want there to be more of us at Comic-Con. 
like it was it was kind of you know we had a very very up and down experience at comic-con you know we felt we felt really downtrodden and we felt really bummed out and then we felt really elated and there you know it was a lot going on and it was a really intense experience for us um and it's not something that i, I think i would have the capacity to do every day you know it's it was a lot to to take in yeah but yeah. at the same time i feel like it could be so much more it could be so bad so i'm gonna i'm gonna rate it three crunchy space blankets um but maybe like extra crunchy space blankets you know so like pushing it up there a little bit like extra special New flavor crunchy space blankets. <laughs> this is not a cereal, by the way, folks. Even though, though it, it sounds like be. one. It totally should be. It's like Captain Crunchy space blankets. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's see. I'm going to... Okay, just based on your rating, I'm going to go with 3.5. But only because, like, after I had a little bit of wine, I was super ready to go back in. But everybody was wilted, like, lettuce at the northern store. You know, everybody was just like, no, I can't do it again. And I was like, you know, once more into the breach and, and, but nobody was willing to do that. So I feel like if we'd gone back in, I think maybe, you know, we could have like approached some Indiana Joneses and I don't know, like, uh, Molly could have got her, her like Star Trek thing somehow. We could have like put out a hat and got some Star Trek stuff for her. And I, I think, you know, I think. I don't know. It could have gone. Yeah. Maybe we could have rubbed Patrick Stewart's head. I don't know. You Who know knows? what? Like maybe, like partially, maybe too. It was like it was partly the planning. You know? Yeah. Like, well, we didn't know what to expect. We really did. Yeah. We we really we, we had no idea. Yeah. But now we know, and I think, I think that now we know what it's like. Uh, I, I think that's why I'm giving it a 3.5 uh, crunchy space blankets here is that now that we know what it's like I think next year will be better because we'll be a bit more prepared um, and, and I think we're going to so come with you. a bigger contingent you oh, know? like I hope so y'all are invited you need to come and uh, like even if like even if like one other person did the whole Métis in space thing uh, that would be that would be really sweet I think that could yeah. be super fun Like, and I'm not joking about taking over with some drums that would like blow some minds. Butts would be wiggling. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. All over the place. And imagine too, we could stage some big thing where like maybe you dress up as Métis in space and we dress up as like, you know, our street clothes or whatever, and then we run into you and we make a huge deal and then we <gasps> all whip out the drums. Yeah, yeah. We're like, oh my god, are you guys those Métis in space people? I love that. That's podcast. like the world's most famous indigenous sci-fi podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and then like, you know, like I have a hand drum stuffed into like the And on our song. Uh, yeah, yeah. We just honor song you right there, just for like repping Métis in space. Yeah, totally. And then we start a round dance. And then, and then a guy from one of the vendor booths will be like, "Who was that?" And then the word will spread. And then, like, you know, Xavier will like rip off his Hudson's Bay Company sweater and he'll throw it away. And he'll and be he'll like, "That's colonialism." Yeah, he'll round dance with us, and then we'll we'll all like round dance in like slow space mo. We'll be like, "Oh my god!" Just like, ooh, super slow, like, like. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll just like we'll drum real slow too. Yeah. To like match. It will like warp our our singing too. Oh. We'll just auto-tune the singing. This could be amazing. Oh wow. Yeah. I'm already excited for yeah, next comic. I'm super I'm excited. I'm so excited. Alright. So yeah, so thank you very much for joining us on our, our incredible Comic-Con journey. Um, you know, we one hundred and fifty percent invite you to the next one. And thanks again for tuning in to Métis in Space! 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 Space!